Hey everyone, just a quick note. When we get to this chapter, Exodus chapter 10, verse 9, um, I did not have my Hebrew Bible beside me. And when I got to what the word feast means, I was telling you what the word feast, what the word that is typically translated as feast is, it's the word moedim. But in this particular verse, it's, it's the word hug. They would translate it as or transliterate it as C H A G. And that does mean festival or feast or celebration. So you're going to get a really cool definition of what the word moedim means, which is typically the word translated as feast. But in this particular instance, it is the word hug, not moedim. So just a quick note. Have a blessed day. Love y'all. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of God's Little Hummingbird, the podcast where we are reading through the Bible from the beginning to the end, using the original languages as a guide, If it's, especially when things are confusing. And sometimes they're translated very well, sometimes they're not. So we tend to make sure we want to get the accurate picture of what originally was written and we want to get that message across to you and to all of us. So we read from the New King James Version Bible. If you do not have that Bible, you may follow along online for free on Blue Letter Bible or on Bible Hub or any of the other apps that are out there that offer those Bible services for free. Now, we are in Exodus chapter 10 today. Please again, pardon my allergies. <laughs> we are in the thick of harvesting and it's a beautiful season, which also means a lot of plugginess. <laughs> so I apologize for the the um, just the sound of my voice. It's a little bit raspy due to all the pollens, but it's such a blessing, so it's worth it. <laughs> Exodus chapter 10, let us begin. Father God, please open our eyes, ears, and hearts to only your truth and your truth alone. Now Yahweh said to Moses, Go into Pharaoh, for I have hardened his heart and the hearts of his servants, that I may show these signs of mine before him. Now I want to point out and stop here for a moment, folks. In Proverbs chapter 21, verse 1, it talks about the king's heart being in the hands of Yahweh, and Yahweh turning his heart in whatever direction Yahweh chooses. Now, with that in mind, it is very important that we always pray for Yahweh to soften our hearts to his way. Because if we have a wickedness in our heart, particularly of which we're not even aware of something we're doing of pride or sin, God can get to the point where he just gives us over to that. It talks about that in scripture. And he lets it kind of rule us because we won't listen to the Holy Spirit. So it's very important <laughs> that we pray for God to soften our hearts and keep us humble to him, and particularly in areas where we aren't aware of our sin, and ask him to, to just really soften our hearts and turn it to his will, and not harden us against his will because of our wicked hearts. So I always pray, Lord, soften my heart to your truth, to your way, and don't give me over to anything I'm doing. Please humble me. Please help me. And he is very, very good to obey that. If a, you know, like he says in the Gospels, if a son asks for bread or a fish, you know, he doesn't give them stones or a serpent. So remember to ask for those gifts of the spirit of humility and righteousness and, and softening your heart. And he does answer. So, okay, let's continue in verse two. So, and that you may tell in, okay, I'm going to start over actually in verse one. It's going to read better. I'm sorry. Now the Lord said to Moses, go into Pharaoh for I have hardened his heart and the hearts of his servants that I may show these signs of mine before him and that you may tell in the hearing of your son and your son's son, the mighty things I have done before them that they may know that I am Yahweh. 
So Yahweh is doing these miracles, again, to establish to Israel that he is God, that these miracles were done by his hand, and he wanted generations forever to tell this story. In fact, in Jeremiah chapter 16 and Jeremiah chapter 23, it talks about the second exodus being so great, we will no longer talk about the first exodus. And for that, which happens during this tribulation time coming up, I am so excited. Okay, verse 3. So Moses and Aaron came into Pharaoh and said to him, Thus says Yahweh Elohim of the Hebrews, How long will you refuse to humble yourself before me? Let my people go, that they may serve me. Or else if you refuse to let my people go, behold, tomorrow I will bring locusts into your territory, and they shall cover the face of the earth so that no one will be able to see the earth. And they shall eat the residue of what is left, which remains to you from the hail, and they shall eat every tree which grows up for you out of the field. So remember, there was already hail, so most of the produce and stuff was destroyed, but whatever remains, these locusts are going to eat. Verse 6, they shall fill your houses, the houses of your servants, and the houses of all the Egyptians, which neither your fathers nor your father's fathers have seen since the day that they were on the earth to this day. And he turned and went out from Pharaoh. Then Pharaoh's servants said to him, How long shall this man be a snare to us? Let the men go, that they may serve Yahweh their Elohim. Do you not yet know that Egypt is destroyed? So even Pharaoh's servants here can see that Egypt is destroyed because of Pharaoh's arrogance, because Pharaoh wants to be known as God. He is the one in control in his mind, and he refuses to accept Yahweh Elohim as God and let these people go. So his servants, Pharaoh's servants, are pleading with him, let the people go. Oh my goodness, do you not realize we're going to just die? We are destroyed already. Verse 8. So Moses and Aaron were brought again to Pharaoh, and he said to them, Go, serve Yahweh or Elohim. Who are the ones that are going? And Moses said, We will go with our young and our old, with our sons and our daughters, with our flocks and our herds we will go, for we must hold a feast to Yahweh. And I want to point out here, the word feast in Hebrew is moedim. And moedim is the equivalent of the word appointment in Hebrew, in English, I'm sorry. And so Yahweh Elohim has appointments with his people. We will go through this more in Leviticus chapter 23, but the word feast is moedim, which means appointment. And it is really important to remember that because here are the seven, let me just tell you the seven festivals quickly of Messiah. We are commanded, first of all, in Leviticus 20, or Leviticus 23 to keep the Sabbath, which is his weekly seventh day appointment with us to rest in him. Then we have the feast of Passover, or Pesach, and that was when Jesus Yeshua died. He, so he was appointed to die at a time created, already foretold. Remember, we talked about that in Genesis chapter 1. Everything was foreordained. God had made that appointment for Jesus Yeshua to die at Passover. And he was appointed to rise from the dead at Feast of First Fruits. The Feast of Unleavened Bread was the picture of the removal of sin from our hearts. Once we are saved, then we learn to follow God's truth and ways. Then we have the appointment of Pentecost, Shavuot in Hebrew, and it's called the Feast of Weeks in English sometimes. And that was the appointment to receive the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, the writing of the law on our hearts and our mind, according to Acts and Jeremiah 31 and Hebrews chapter 10 talk about that being the new covenant. Then we have the appointment for Jesus Yeshua's return, 
which is in the seventh month on the biblical calendar. The seven is the number of completion. And the first day of the seventh month, when we never know when that day or hour will be, because we have to look for the new moon sighting, at which time we blow a trumpet. And after the tribulation, at the end of the tribulation, some year when we are blowing the trumpet, or God himself is blowing the shofar, because the sun, moon, and stars will be blackened, we will see at evening, it says in the book of Zechariah, we will see him return. Yeshua return. And that's that appointment for his return. It's called the Feast of Trumpets. Then we have a feast, a dedicate, uh, an appointment, a moedim for him to judge the world. And that is at, um, that is at uh, Day of Atonement or Yom HaKippurim or Yom Kippur. They translate it as Yom Kippur, but it's technically Yom HaKippurim because it's Day of Atonements. And they just shorten it to Yom Kippur. Yom is day, Kippur, aton, atonement. And so then we have the festival for him, the appointment for him to reign for a thousand years. And that is called Sukkot, or Feast of Tabernacles. In fact, in Zechariah chapter 14, we are told that during the thousand year reign of Yeshua, during the millennial reign, anyone who does not come to Jerusalem for the festival of tabernacles every year, or that Sukkot, will not get rain. So it's a very important important remembrance because it's God's anniversary to us. It is when Yeshua will be married to his bride and reign on earth for a thousand years. It's, oh my gosh, these feasts are so beautiful. And notice, they don't send us into debt. They aren't selfish gluttony. They are all about Yahweh God and his perfect plan. It's so beautiful. It's so amazing how God's holidays draw us closer to him and humble our hearts and fill it with gratefulness to him. And the world's holidays fill us with selfishness, greed, and a false sense of pretend giving. Um, a false sense of benevolence, where this is something to think about. Just, I, I've always noticed that. It's, I just love God's ways. Okay, verse 10. Then he said to them, Yahweh had better be with you when I let you and your little ones go. Beware, for evil is ahead of you. Not so. Go now, you who are men, and serve Yahweh, for that is what you desired. And they were driven out from Pharaoh's presence. Okay, so notice. Because Moses and Aaron had said they were going to take the children with them, basically everybody was going to go, the young and the old, the children, everybody's going, we're all going to keep this festival. And Pharaoh's like, oh, no way, no way, just your men, that's what you wanted. He's lying because Moses has never said it was just the men. But again, his heart is hard. Verse 12, then Yahweh said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the land of Egypt for the locusts that they may come up upon the land of Egypt and eat every herb of the land, all that the hail has left. So Moses stretched out his rod over the land of Egypt, and Yahweh brought an east wind on the land all that day and all that night. When it was morning, the east wind brought the locusts. Okay, so this is against the god of Seth, the god of storms and disorder. And so that was the Egyptian god that was being judged by this judgment and showing that that is not the god, that only Yahweh Elohim is God. Verse 14, and the locusts went up over the land of Egypt and rested on all the territory of Egypt. They were very severe. Severe. Previously, there had been no such locusts as they, nor shall there be such after them. For they covered the face of the whole earth so that the land was darkened. And they ate every herb of the land and all the fruit of the trees which the hail had left. So there remained nothing green on the trees or on the plants of the field throughout all the land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron in haste and said, I have sinned against Yahweh your Elohim and against you. Now I do want to point out, and notice, notice it says there was nothing green remaining in Egypt. In Revelation, you'll see 
well, actually it's in Ezekiel, but it talks about the, both of them, this Ezekiel and Revelation talks about the sealing of the saints of God, the sealing, meaning S-E-A-L-I-N-G, sealing them shut for the Lord, putting his seal upon them. And it calls them green. It says, if you find something green, put that mark on it, that the evil one may not harm them. Notice Egypt, everything green is removed. So here is the judgment of God upon it. There's nothing living. Green is a sign of life, whether spiritually or physically. And that's in Ezekiel. Very um, clearly we see that um, spiritual picture of it. Or, or is it Zechariah? I'm sorry, it's Zechariah. <laughs> and I believe it's Zechariah. Well, I will find the verse and, and clarify that <laughs> because I'm just talking right now and just it came to mind as I was reading. But just remember... That God says, seal up that which is green, do not harm it. And I really believe now it's in Zechariah, if I remember correctly. But I want to be green. Pray that you are green and living. Let let this, um, in fact, last night, I just kept hearing this word, diblaim, diblaim. And um, it means clump of figs. And remember Yeshua, Jesus walked by the fig tree that didn't bear fruit and cursed it. And the next day it was dead. And the disciples marveled at that. Well, we want to have a cluster of figs found in us, all of that seedy, good fruitfulness found in us. So pray that we are found green and living, that he may seal us and protect us and not be like Egypt, who's going to be utterly destroyed because they refuse to turn their hearts to God. Okay, verse 16. Then Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron in haste and said, Okay, I have sinned against Yahweh your Elohim and against you. Now, therefore, please forgive my sin only this once. Okay, how many times is this? More like seven or eight, right? <laughs> and entreat Yahweh your Elohim that he may take away from me this death only. So he went out from Pharaoh and entreated Yahweh. And Yahweh turned a very strong west wind, which turned the locusts away and blew them into the Red Sea. There remained not one locust in all the territory of Egypt, but Yahweh hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he did not let the children of Israel go. Once again, plead with Yahweh, Oh, I've sinned, I've sinned, I'm sinned, I'm sorry. Yahweh relents and hardens the heart again. How many people have we seen do this? How many times have we done that, done that to Yahweh? Verse 21. Then Yahweh said to Moses, Stretch out your hand toward heaven that there may be darkness over the land of Egypt, darkness which may even be felt. And this judgment is against Ra, the sun god. And the sun god is one of the most prevalent gods ever worshipped throughout every culture in all history. And notice it is right before the final judgment on Egypt. So it's one of the biggest gods ever out as a false gods out there. And Yahweh brings a darkness which could be felt. And I don't know if you've ever had that happen, but it's it's very powerful when it does. Um and here Let's keep reading. Verse 22. So Moses stretched out his hand toward heaven, and there was thick darkness in all the land of Egypt three days. They did not see one another, nor did anyone rise from his place for three days. But all the children of Israel had light in their dwellings. How symbolic is that, people? How symbolic of that is that of us during this time coming, this tribulation coming, this tough time? We must keep the light, Yeshua, Yahweh Elohim himself. It's going to be shining. The Holy Spirit's going to be shining with us despite the darkness around us. And it's even even not for the tribulation. Just think of today as you walk. You have the light of God in you, with you, shining a lamp onto your path. To, you know, just putting that little light right before your feet. But the world doesn't have it. They sit in darkness. And they don't know they're in darkness, some of them. Most of them. All of them, I would say. Because then they would call to be out to the light. Call to come to the light. But... 
they are in darkness, we are in light. And this is symbolic of everyday life and the tribulation life. And it's just a powerful picture of those who are Israel, those who wrestle with God and overcome, have the light or with the light. But those who are in Egypt or in sin, remember Egypt is the word Mitzrayim in Hebrew, and it's one of the only two words in Hebrew that always, always has a dual purpose meaning. Never just means one thing. It's never in the singular form. So I find that just just such a powerful picture right here. Verse 24, Then Pharaoh called to Moses and said, Go, serve Yahweh. Oh, 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 I'm sorry. One more thing. I apologize. So this is the ninth plague, and there are nine gifts of the Spirit. So I love the picture, again, that I just I just get for this. When the, the, the fruits of the Spirit are mentioned, there is nine, and the number nine often is used with the Holy Spirit with me from the Lord. And so notice, if we have the light, then we have the Holy Spirit. We have those nine. We're in the ninth plague. We have the Spirit. We're we're separated from those of the plague of darkness, which don't have the Spirit of God. I don't know. Just a neat picture that I think God ministers to me about. Okay, verse 24. Then Pharaoh called to Moses and said, Go serve Yahweh. Only let your flocks and your herds be kept back. Let your little ones also go with you. So here's Pharaoh Again, he doesn't want to just give in and let God have his way. He has to put a contingency on it. Hey, you can go, but you aren't going to take your animals. But, you know, verse 25. But Moses said, you must also give us sacrifices and burnt offerings that we may sacrifice to Yahweh our Elohim. Our livestock also shall go with us. Not a hoof shall be left behind, for we must take some of them to serve Yahweh our Elohim. And even we do not know with what we must serve Yahweh until we arrive there. Because remember... He hadn't written the law yet. He hadn't instituted these festivals yet. I mean, he had foretold them in Genesis chapter 1, right? Everything was written and prophesied. But as yet, the people of Israel were not made aware of them. So verse 27. But Yahweh hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he would not let them go. Then Pharaoh said to him, Get away from me, take heed to yourself, and see my face no more. For in the day you see my face, you shall die. So he threatens him. He's going to kill him the next time he sees Moses. So Moses said, You have spoken well. I will never see your face again. (laughs) The next plague coming is not pretty. So, love you all. Have a blessed day. Stay in the light. Be the light. And just thank God for all of you. Have a blessed day, everyone.